0: Ties and Bites Podcast is the perfect wrestling podcast. Ties and Bites Podcast. Ties and Bites.
1: Are you ready for a podcast? Ties <laughs> Gonna talk about wrestling? Ties Welcome to Tights and Fights, the show that discusses wrestling with the sincerity and hilarity that it deserves. I'm gonna be honest, I did not think I could get up there. I'm sorry. I did not think my voice would get up there and do that. This time, this is like it's fun to discover new things, especially when you're like, I don't know if I can do that. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go for it mentally. Dream it, dare it do
2: it, Hal. You can, you will, you did.
1: Oh, this new sense of achievement you hear is coming from Hammer and Hal <laughs> Lublin, and I'm joined today by my fellow members of the Nation of Conversation, Macho Dan, Ratty, Savage, Daniel Radford. Uh, that, I read that beforehand, I swear. That
3: is amazing. Great, great, great. And also, I was uh, doing my version of twerking while Hal was getting down on that song, uh, and that's mm-hmm. where you twerk with your hands. And your elbows. That's right. <laughs> a little bit of a little bit of, shimmying. Bit of shoulder shimmy and
2: shoulder shimmy. Shoulder shoulder
1: shimmy. We've also got Kelki Two Kelks, Lindsay Kelk.
2: Hi. Two Kelks. <laughs> there are two Kelks. Those two of us. We're both great. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> Last week we talked about Roman Reigns' opponent at the Royal Rumble, who was supposed to be Adam Pierce, but as we all know, cards are subject to change, and Kevin Owens will now get a third shot at the Universal title. In a last man standing match, this played out over the course of the episode. It was really well done. It's a nice, nice fake out. It was a good fake out in that I actually thought they were gonna have Adam Pearce wrestle just to prove a point and to further a different angle. I didn't think it was gonna be a competitive match. Am I just? Did I? Am I just a mark? I did think both so. Of you, I
2: think that. Did I'm, both
1: of you know this was gonna happen?
2: I don't know. I mean. It's the full work me daddy, because I'm like, I don't know, maybe they do this shit over here now. Like, I am keeping tabs on it sporadically, and I'm keeping on top of, like, important events, but for all I fucking know, they were absolutely going to put Adam Pearce in the main event at the Royal Rumble, you know? I'm like, sure, why not? Um, So I was pleasantly surprised. Um, I I don't want to see Kevin Owens lose any more matches, so I don't know how I feel about that, but... Maybe he won't. Maybe he'll win. Maybe he'll just get cheated and come out as a victorious loser.
3: <laughs> yeah, I got to say, I'm like right there with, uh, with Kelkity kelk, kelk Uh I, I don't want to watch Kevin Owens lose again. I do mm-hmm. want him to be in the main event picture always, because that's where he deserves to be. Um, and maybe, and here's my mark moment, because, you know, I always have to have a moment of uh, uh, not zen, but just a moment of unearned hope maybe he'll get the belt could do it could happen could totally happen could lose it again the next day but he could get it Mm
1: -hmm. it could happen certainly it could happen it could get reversed you never know another fun development with roman reigns uh is during one of the segments the segment where he decided he didn't want to do a no disqualification match the the beginning and end of that that was him, very softly giving advice to Apollo Cruz, who would go on to beat Sami Zayn in a really fun IC match. You had Biggie on the couch, eating eating jelly beans Ugh. with a ghost. The best Ghostbusters sweater I've ever seen. The best piece of Ghostbusters merch I've the ever seen. in My entire life.
2: Who ever lived? Thank you, Biggie. Mm-hmm. Good
1: lord. I don't know if this means Apollo Crews is is going to be part of the family. I assume it does not mean that. But I do like the idea that Roman Reigns is is taking this role of leader and imparting advice to fellow heels or anybody who will listen to him.
3: I want Apollo Crews and Paul Heyman together so badly. Um, Like I can't even it's. I, because I, I, I love Paul Cruz is amazing, and I think he, he's done nothing but get better over time. When they're actually like when they showcase w- what he can do, um, yeah. But just imagine an, with everything he can do, imagine him with a Paul Heyman reminding us of everything he could do at any time. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I want it. I want it. I want it. Um, I'm trying not to get my hopes up, but for that one, I've got my hopes up. Of like, come on, Paul. Just give him two yeah. weeks. Just, like, you know, take him on as an intern. Just, like, you know, unpaid. Please,
2: just give him a, give him a, throw him a bone. Like, just one minute. Yeah.
3: Let's see. Even, like, a yeah. uh, uh, he could even be, like, a personal assistant. Well, no, maybe not a personal assistant. But, like, yeah, like, I'm trying to think of other ways that you hire people that you want to mentor, but you don't pay. Um <laughs> But, yeah, no, like, this is... Uh, apprentice. 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 There we go. He can come in and be a Paul Heyman apprentice. I want him to be a Paul Heyman guy. Um so incredibly badly. I think that that would be, I mean, the the feud between him and Big E is already great, but uh, you throw that in there and, ugh, love it.
1: Yeah. I also want to shout out a couple of other things from SmackDown in particular. One is Cesaro beating Daniel Bryan in a wrestling clinic. They both worked body parts. They took their time. They had room. It was just a fantastic match from two guys who have wrestled each other for, what, twenty, almost 20 yeah, years?
3: Jeez, yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, for for however many years it's been since they, that they've faced each other on the independent circuit and beyond, it's just they were fantastic. Also, I want to give a shout out to Bailey's outfit for what is it? Ding dong, hello! <laughs> Ding isn't that dong. the? Isn't that her?
2: <laughs> Welcome to the premiere episode of my new show, the Ding Dong Hello Show, which is already bigger than WandaVision. <laughs> I want to buy a Bailey T-shirt for the first time in so long. I want it yes. so Holy bad. crap! <laughs> Ding dong. So
1: good. So great. And her outfit, from the glasses to the turtleneck, yeah, yeah. was like,
3: yeah, that, that I never went around in my texts for a while. Yeah. It's almost yeah, that was a, it's almost a scary special
1: moment.
2: How Bailey keeps leveling up because bailey Mm -hmm. was bailey for so long set in our hearts as who and what bailey is she was the hugger she had the ponytails she had the flippy guys and you just could not i i speak for myself only i could not imagine her being anything else other than that it seemed like such a pure distillation of a brilliant character and she was what she was but she just keeps getting better and surprising us every turn she's fucking doing the best work every time we're like oh she's doing the best work of her career but every week she goes on and does something that's slightly better than last week the Bianca Belair stuff with her has been incredible for both of them Mm. it's brought some um, amazing promos out of Bailey it's just bringing this extra edge of snark that I I just I want more of it every week more turtlenecks more ding dong more screaming at backstage announcers Uh, more singing of Bianca Belair's theme tune. Like, all of it. All of it, please. More Bailey, please.
3: Yes, more Bailey. And and more turtlenecks for everyone.
1: Turtlenecks abound. Also, uh, Billy Kay's stuff. With Riot Squad is fantastic.
3: Oh, it was so adorable. Her pretending to be a little punk. It was. So hey, cute. hey, Danielle. Yeah. She's not pretending. Did you not oh, see the right. picture she
2: posted on social media of her <laughs> dressed up in a Avril Lavigne schoolgirl outfit from I think two thousand seven? She said that she did a, an indie yeah. show when she came into Avril Lavigne. Uh, I, I was proud of her and simultaneously mildly disappointed. Um, so good for Billy <laughs> Kay. I love to see someone thrive when they were not expected to. And that might sound condescending and rude, and I don't mean it to, but it did seem when they split up the Iconics, she was not the pony they had bet the farm on, Uh, but she is Mm -hmm. doing so well with what she's given, and she's killing it on social media, and uh, you love to see it, as the kids might say. You love to see it.
1: Absolutely. Just that that's... It speaks to whatever opportunity you get, you make the most of it, and she has done that. And I think benefits also... oddly, from not being the anointed one of the two of them. Oh,
2: yeah, for sure. Take some of that pressure off. And she loves Buffy, you know, so we could just have her on and talk about Buffy for like eight years.
3: She's always talking about Buffy. I love it. (laughs) I I love that as much as I loved her doing that five-year-old pick-me-up thing at the bottom of the (laughs) ring. She's like, come get me. Guys, guys. I'm She's just kidding. so great. She's just so great. One
1: last note on the WWE main roster. Alexa Bliss is still the fire starter. And last Monday, she beat Asuka clean in the main event. That was after human torching Randy Orton the week before.
2: <laughs> Welcome to the mask what? club, Randy. Welcome to the wrestling yeah. in a mask.
1: <laughs> Where do you go with this character? You know what? If I just... Just let's, you know, let's blue sky this. Let's I've been blue sky thinking it, about y'all.
2: it. And I don't want to be a Debbie Downer like five minutes in, but I'm, gu- I'm gonna. Um, It's not for me. And this is how I now, it's like my serenity now is like I've started. It's my catchphrase now when I realize I'm not enjoying something. I'm like, you know, it's not for me. Um, And I was trying <laughs> to work out why I was feeling like it was not for me. And I think it's just... I really appreciate and respect what WWE have done with what they've been given with regards to the pandemic situation in that they have taken it and made it a creative opportunity rather than caved or, I don't know, brought in an audience while several members of your roster have been off with COVID and no one mentioned it until months after the fact. I don't know. That's just me. I don't think that's cool. Um, So... I I do appreciate what they're doing with that and that they've taken this opportunity to build this spooky power character of Alexa because you couldn't do that live because you wouldn't be able to have her disappear and reappear in a new outfit with poorly applied black lipstick, which was pretty funny. It did look like she put it on herself under the ring in the dark. So maybe you could. Um, (laughs) But Uh I also realized, speaking back to suspension of disbelief, wrestling works because we suspend our disbelief, we believe these people are really fighting, we believe they believe in what they are fighting for and these spooky power matches are a step too far for me to be able to fully enjoy it. It's okay in like a one-off crazy theatrical thing for me i'm speaking for me but like the john cena match the, and the fiend at wrestlemania was incredible and i fully accepted it as a whole as an art piece but to see it every week where we have someone just like doing mad shit and that's how they i'm like no i don't want to see alexa bliss becoming another character or shooting fireballs i want to see alexa bliss wrestle because she's great um but then i'm like maybe if i'm a kid If I'm eight and my friend's son, who's eight, loves this, he's obsessed with it because he's getting his superhero movie and his wrestling all rolled into one. To him, this is the bit he's excited about because he's going to see that, like, magic lady do the magic thing. Which is why, like, it's not for me, but I don't, I'm not going to say, oh, it sucks, it's dumb, I hate it, because it has a place and a purpose. It's just not my place or purpose is that does that make sense gotcha. i feel bad because no, i don't want to shit on it but i'm like i'm not enjoying it i don't want to see oscar get beat because well but i think somebody else is you know i don't want to yuck someone else's yarn. there you go see yeah you're enjoying it you you you're your are my willing suspicion of disbelief is not as low as we thought uh, it turns out it's marginally higher because i don't i don't i don't like spooky magic powers bliss i like just I don't mind being a bit weird and going like, oh, he's around, he's on that rocking chair, lol. Um, but I don't <laughs> need her shooting fireballs... I do need that because it was at Randy. It was funny, but I didn't appreciate that. Like I'm wearing a different outfit and now I can duck all of Oscar's strikes like that. That was
3: the bit that turned me off. Yeah, no, it's gotten very superhero with that. And I'm honestly surprised that they've let that go on in this way for so long. But remember, like the reason the first episode of Raw that I ever saw was Stephanie on the crucifix. So like I am here for the Mm -hmm. weird spooky power You have a
2: very high bar at the beginning. You came in with a high tolerance for this.
3: Yes, yes. I came in, like, raring to go. Like, give me my Mortal Kombat. Give me um, me spooky powers. And I do get it
2: it. because that's what they want. Vince, I mean, how many times have we talked about that conversation that, Freddie Prince Jr. reported on Jericho on that guy who had a podcast uh, and he said you know he just couldn't Vince can't understand why people watch anything other than wrestling because wrestling gives you everything and when he started the network that was the thing he's like I want to fulfill everyone's entertainment needs with WWE and this is what he's trying to do here he's like look I'm and I'm fulfilling your spooky superpower superpower entertainment needs with wrestling but I can get that need satisfied elsewhere, <laughs> I, right. and I'm cool with that. Vince is not cool with me leaving the network at any time. I wish I loved it, because I love everyone involved, <laughs> apart from the lipstick. Mm-hmm. Whoever did the lipstick, that's that's not
3: cool. I'm, my theory is that she went breakfast club with it. It was, like, hiding inside of her cleavage, yeah. and she just takes <laughs> down and, like, lets oh, yeah. it <laughs> run out. She
1: Molly Ringwalded she her. Molly
3: Ringwalded it. That's yeah. where...
2: That would make sense. That would (laughs) fully make sense. That was what horrified Oscar. Not the changing outfit and the different hair. She was like, babes, have you seen your lipstick? I've got green all over my face, but have you seen (laughs) your lipstick? It it was upsetting. (laughs) Alexa, you've got a little something just right here. She's going to brush. She'll get a brush. Blur that out.
1: Well, I'd imagine that that the culmination of the storyline will be seen by up to 25,000 people live. On either night one or night two of Wrestlemania in Florida, which is now 100% capacity for events because they want to kill everybody who lives there. Let's move to NXT, which is in the throes of the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. Both the men and women's on the men's side. The Way lost to Kushida and Leon Ruff. And Lucha House Party defeated Imperium. NXT this week was flawless. Again, best show of the week.
3: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Full, best show of agreed. the week fully agree uh, it's just
1: there's like it's not even close
2: yeah it's just two hours Cush- of great wrestling
3: entertainment what mm-hmm. <laughs> you know it was great watching the way lose was fantastic um, because the, they're one of those where again it's like it'd be great if they but they have so much else going on that like it, it's not like oh it's a bummer like Gargano doesn't get to win the trophy again no like yeah. it's and, and Kushida and Leon Ruff worked so well together you can tell they've really been practicing all their tag teamy stuff i really i just enjoyed all of it i even enjoyed the beginning where beth came back and they started like hitting her with like those party poppers it was so Mm -hmm. cute party poppers it was really cute i love i and maybe this is just me but it feels like every time beth phoenix takes a break and then comes back she gets more and more announcer voice and i love it yeah. Yeah. Her announcer voice was flawless this week. <laughs> she was she great. goes to
1: that snowy cabin from Rocky Four, but instead of carrying logs around, she just talks into a microphone <laughs> over and over again. And can perfect she covered it. Her voice.
2: Aww. Yeah. The whole thing was great. I thought it was I thought the whole thing was super fun. Did um Hal, would you like to talk about the Katie Catanzaro? I feel like I feel like this is your I sweet would. spot. And,
1: and you must. <laughs> yeah, my TikTok, my TikTok pals. Yes, Katie Catanzaro and Caden Carter achieved the unachievable. Do you believe in miracles? Yes! They beat Tony Storm and Mercedes Martinez with a little bit of help from Io Shirai. But also a really good... You know, if this is the coming out match for the two of them and it makes sense to take their real-life friendship and... and exploit it, which is, let's face it, that's a, use it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it makes sense to do that with them. It makes sense to turn them into a tag team when there is a women's tag team scene and, and a tournament. And I thought they worked really well with two seasoned, I don't feel like they were carried. I'll put mm-hmm. it that way. You, you know that Tony Storm and Mercedes Martinez can have a really good match, yeah. and they could carry them to a match if need be. But I, I also think that the two of them, that Cananzaro and 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 Carter did a fantastic job with their half in the match and I loved I I was going to maybe put it over later in the ma- in the show but I I I think I think that their little promo was also really genuine yeah. and really well done mm-hmm. and that's the part that's really hard like there's nothing more disappointing as a fan than to watch a match that's really good from a a, a performer you believe in and then have them get on the mic and they're just not there yet yeah it doesn't quite match up yeah and I thought that they were believable enough and did a did a a really nice job in that little interview segment it felt genuine yeah and I really appreciated it
2: and that. what about that final move from Casey man oh my god like that twisting was 450 360 825 yeah. like fuck me I don't know how many times she went round and around and around and around um, 1020p <laughs> yeah I was like is she okay because like can someone like just Checker, because like oh my god that was incredible i feel like that's what i've been waiting for from her ever since they signed Mm -hmm. her up and it's like well we have this american ninja warrior chick and she's gonna climb up the ring post and i'm like cool that does nothing um but now it's like well this does something Uh, this is what i want to see absolutely insane high-flying moves yes please so great loved it loved it
1: fantastic great great match all around carrying cross Got another win over local enhancement talent. Not much there. Just sort of keeping him uh, reminding us of how strong he is. But main event was Timothy Thatcher and Tommaso Ciampa in the fight pit. Which felt like we got a pay-per-view main event on weekly television. It shouldn't work. I remember those stupid octagon matches (laughs) they had with Ken Shamrock and Dan the Beast Severn in 98. And they were not good. They were not enjoyable it was the lion's den that was what they called them lion's den matches they were they were not good this for some reason the way it's constructed somehow makes sense as an alternate all right only knockouts and submissions fine it has to happen inside the pit fine they start above it which is a platform where they can inflict more damage okay i'm into it this felt different to me i really enjoyed it I, the look on your face danielle i feel like you're either gonna agree with me or you you're either enjoying that i enjoyed it or you're about to take a huge shit all over it <laughs> i can't not, wait to find I'm out which one not. it is i'm
3: not taking a huge shit on it because all I, like i wanted every time the word fight pit came up i laughed four days <laughs> fight, pit, <laughs> fight pit i'm sorry Fight pit. it's a bad name. You have to say <laughs> it like that, too. You're like, Fight pain. <laughs> it's the only way. It's the only allowed way. To me, I just kept hearing elimination chamber, which was also the dumbest thing I'd ever heard when I first heard it, but how? like I <laughs> I'm sorry. It sounds dumb. We know what an elimination chamber is. It is a toilet. Um <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> But so, like, the fight pit thing, every time it came up, I was like, please, like, you know I love my stupid shit, but I was like, let this be good stupid shit. And it wasn't actually any kind of stupid shit. It wound up being a really great match. Because NXT, I don't know why I didn't just place my hope in it. I really did think they were
2: just going to try and kill each other. Like, that was the thing. That was my main takeaway from the match. Like, someone's coming out of here dead. Um... I was watching it with Jeff and Jeff was just like, "One of these men will be in a wheelchair by the time he's 50? And that was his whole review of the match. And it's like, if they're lucky, they make it to 50. Like, dear God, um, those men went for it. Which, you know, I've talked before about how much I don't love Thatcher. And I still don't love Thatcher, but I did love this match. Like, they genuinely seemed like someone needed to die for it to be over and then at the end, it seemed like maybe they would kiss or just, like, touch tails. Um, and they didn't, and that's fine, but we don't know what happened after the show went off air. I mean, I'm just saying that there was something about the way Thatcher was kneeling kneeling up towards Champa, and Ciampa was huddled in his corner that I feel like I've seen before and not in wrestling. I'm just, you know, like... I, it felt familiar to me.
1: I could barely process anything after the elimination chamber is a toilet. Sorry, that <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> makes,
2: makes set, feel, sense. How all oh, like What I she s- did there was take yeah. English words that make sense and, and applied them. <laughs> I mean,
1: I see the world in a new way. It's it's that simple. Before we wrap up this segment, we have to have the proper return of yes. the hottest segment, not only in wrestling podcasting but I dare say all of broadcast media, it's which is. Possible. What's happening in the AEW women's division? Lindsay <laughs> Kelk on the scene with our update. What happened? There was
2: one match.
1: Oh, okay. Um
2: with Penelope Ford and Layla Hirsch. That happened. Um it wasn't mm-hmm. it wasn't a bad match. It was a good match. No, it wasn't. Uh, it was a good match. It was. Um didn't include the champion either champion because i guess we're saying the nwa champion is aw now too kind of i guess i don't know because this mm-hmm. is aw women's division so how could i ever say with any sort of authority um what did happen which is exciting ish is they announced a number one contenders tournament for the women's championship Mm-hmm. Um which
1: with all four women? With
2: all four women. That they put on television. All four of them. And there's been a lot of speculation as of right now, nothing's been confirmed, but there was a lot of speculation because mm-hmm. there was a Japanese flag and an American flag. So people are thinking maybe they'll run half of it in Japan somehow and half of it in America. Which I'm like, I'm not mad because that's like normally I'd be like, no, that's fucking dumb. Like you don't keep them separated. So you have one Japanese person and one American person. But I'm like, no, but the way things are right now. We may have to do that, Uh, so let's figure that out, and I won't be mad at it. I'll be like, oh, cool, opportunity, yay. That's what I want. Mm -hmm. Um, The other things people are speculating about, which I hope is not correct, is that this may end up being its very own (laughs) special YouTube show, just like the Women's Tag Team Tournament, Uh, because God forbid they take some time away from the chaps on the telly. Uh, Wait,
1: hold the fuck on everybody stop oh my god what did they they already had the AEW women's tag team tournament i swear i didn't realize yeah, it had already that happened. was like
2: some time ago
1: mm-hmm. on youtube
2: yeah it was on its own youtube show on a monday night <laughs> 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 Don't, leave all this in julian no.
1: <laughs> no this is supposed to be it this is part of it i legitimately i was like Oh, that's right. Weren't they supposed to have that tag yeah, tournament? Yeah, they did it. I keep waiting for it. It was on YouTube. Weird.
2: Uh, well, entirely. that's where your wrestling is. <laughs> yeah, that's where your did, women's AEW it- <laughs> is. Maybe it will be part of the main show. Let's hope it is. Kenny Omega has said this week... Ah, real confusing statements coming out of that camp saying, oh, I'll be so happy when the women get more time. I'll have the biggest smile on my face, Um, which led to a fun group chat of us being like, who the fuck is booking this division? Who is in fucking charge? Um, Because I was of the understanding Kenny was booking the division, but maybe Kenny's not booking the division. Maybe no one's booking the division. Maybe whoever shows up at taping first that week gets to go on telly. I don't <laughs> know.
3: Um, I don't I It feels don't know. like someone, yeah, like it feels like he should at least know who to talk to. Because he sounds like a kid that's like, you know what? If I got that toy that I've been hoping for for Christmas, I'd have the biggest smile on yeah. my face. I wrote like, a letter to like, Santa.
2: Well, He's basically the kid in the Christmas story at this point, going up to Cody every day, saying like, I need the rifle. I need the rifle. And it's like, you're not, you're not getting it. You'll, you'll shoot your eyes out, Kenny. You'll shoot both your eyes out yeah. if you're allowed more than one woman on TV a week.
3: Um, Except in this example, Kenny is the mom. Like, he could <laughs> yeah. I
2: know. Well, Kenny is the kid and the mom and the dad. Like this is Kenny's kicking himself in the face down the slide. That's the problem here. That's the issue we have. This is a snake eating its own tail. They don't know what's happening, and neither do we. It's just, it's so upsetting. And now they're bringing in all this Impact stuff, and it doesn't even really seem like they know for sure what's happening with the AEW Impact crossover. I mean, they said as much. The Bucks have said. We don't really know where this goes, but we're just going with it. It's like, right. oh yeah, sure, let's bring in some dudes from Impact, but still not have a fucking clue what's happening with our own women's division. So Yeah. Apologies if anyone from AEW is listening to this. We know that they're not like legit now now. Why that are you not, why are we?
1: Wait, but like what is the, it out. what's the apology?
2: I'm apologizing because it would upset them, it would seem, that any kind of criticism. Um, but it's legitimate criticism. I I'm so disappointed. Consistently. Consistently. And this segment does not get more cheerful. But thank you to everyone who has written in and said, thanks for doing this segment and making yourselves really depressed every week. And I'm like, you're welcome. You're welcome. (laughs) Um, Maybe one day there will be two matches and they will both be great and we will all celebrate.
1: Well, uh, AEW did have. Yeah. AEW did have two big bright spots one of them I will talk about at the end of the show the other was the main event in which MJF and Jericho defeated uh was it Ortiz and Santana and Sammy Guevara and Jake Hager who are Sammy Hager (laughs) and that and I think they only did that so that Sammy Hager could could come on my television for five seconds as a favor to his fellow metal buddy and say hey my favorite tag team is Sammy Hager (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't need to be on my television anymore, Savvy Hagar. I think we've established who you are when you're not singing, and you're not in Van Halen anymore, so bye! I, I would love to drive 55 away from your five-second cameo on the show. <laughs> uh, but the match was fantastic. Everybody knew everybody's sort of moveset, everybody's trying to cheat, and the right two people won that being... MJF with a handful of tights uh, picking up the win for him and Jericho and further sewing Discord in in the inner circle. Just great. I, th- that story's come along really nicely. And it was a really, really good match.
3: I want a wrestling company. And that way I can just pay cameo prices for anyone to come <laughs> and say whatever I want them to
1: Hey there, this is Dennis Haskins, Mr. Belding from Saved by the Bell. I love wrestling. Go Jericho.
2: <laughs> Julian, Julian, what's our cameo budget looking like right now? Because <laughs> yeah. I feel like we need we need to get some people to cut us on promos and they will do it for $15 or less.
0: Got to be at least a couple wrestlers that are like hang out with us on Twitter that would be down for it. There are a lot. RJ will do it for pennies. I you mean, know I that.
2: I'll, I'm prepared to throw in I'm prepared to throw in $10. Uh, like I need some wrestling cameos, the nice, right? <laughs> Make this happen. Also in ten
1: dollars, but we have to start with Virgil.
3: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I
1: want to hear. I want to hear about fuck money and don't, like. <laughs> oh Lord. Okay, folks. If you have anything to say about what we've discussed so far, the conversation continues as it always does on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Discord. When we come back, with a tear in our eyes. It's time to talk about one of the most entertaining Royal Rumbles ever. That's up next on Tights and Fights. Welcome back to Fireside Chat on KMAX.
0: With me in studio to take your calls is the dopest duo on the West Coast, Oliver Wong and Morgan Rhodes. Go ahead, caller.
1: Hey, uh, I'm looking for a music podcast that's insightful and thoughtful, but like also helps me discover artists and albums that I've never heard of.
3: Yeah, man, it sounds like you need to listen to Heat Rocks. Every week, myself and I'm Morgan Rod, and my co-host here, Oliver Wong, talk to influential guests about a canonical album that has changed their lives.
1: Guests like Moby, Open Mike Eagle, talk about albums by Prince, Joni Mitchell, and so much more.
0: Yo, what's that show called again? Heat Rocks, deep dives into hot records. Every Thursday on Maximum Fun.
1: Welcome back to Tights and Fights I'm Hal Lublin and I'm joined today by
3: Danielle Bradford And Lindsay Kelk
1: This week we're going to give one corner of wrestling some extra attention This is our main event It's Royal Rumble season, y'all, and this week was the anniversary of the 1992 Royal Rumble. It was a major coronation for Ric Flair and is regarded as one of the best Royal Rumbles of all time. Let's set the stage personally. Where was everybody with their wrestling fandom in 1992?
2: I was... Uh, 11 years old let me paint you a picture let me paint you yeah. a beautiful village picture sure uh, I was 11 years old I was almost certainly laid on the fake sheepskin rug of my grandmother's living room uh, very new in my wrestling fandom uh, probably like a year or so in and I think this was my first rumble I was just watching it back and I had such you know when you you just have really visceral like memories that aren't memories but feelings uh and I'm like oh my god no like Tito Santana I the colors of the tights I remember you and not in a intellectual I've watched this over the years and studied it way but like I just have a very visceral memory of this moment and watching it and allowing it to happen and not reading into it because I was a fucking child (laughs) it's what you do um and I, I loved it uh I, this was like a really happy wrestling memory for me. I would have for sure been watching it with uh, the other two key, two calc, calc uh, because that's why I watched wrestling because my older brother watched it. So this was like a big deal for me. This was one we watched over and over and over and over and over every time we went to my grandmother's house. Um,
3: and it made me really happy to watch it again. So thank you.
1: Yes. Danielle?
3: Uh yeah, I was not at all watching wrestling. I didn't start until probably ninety nine. Um so all of this was new to me. And now I've seen, cause if you watch if you're a wrestling fan, you've seen the with a tear in my eye promo. Um, so you've def- I've definitely seen that and I've got some questions about it when we get to that point, if we play it, uh, um, I-, I have questions that need answers because I hadn't seen it in a minute. Um, but yeah, so no, I was not watching wrestling at all. So all of this is a huge history catch up for me.
1: Yeah, this was sort of during a break. My wrestling fandom was kind of waning at this point. I was sort of tangentially aware of what was going on, but I probably dropped off a year or two earlier and then picked back up in, like, 94, 95. That was when I came back. So I'm aware of this. I've since gone back and watched it. It This, of course, was the first time ever that the winner of the Rumble actually won the WWF Championship. Just a little background. It was January nineteenth, nineteen 1992, at the Knickerbocker Arena in Albany, New York, in front of 17,000 fans. Some other notable things happened in that card. Uh, which included Roddy Piper defeating the Mountie to win the Intercontinental Championship. The best Rumbles are made up of stories. Mm. And I think that the story crafting of the Rumble really came a little bit later. There is a story behind this, but also, you did it wasn't the same in terms of like how the segments laid out, where it's very, like, this is the hardcore section. This is the section where we deal with these storylines. But everyone's so over in 1992. That, I think, helps lend to it, and plus, Ric Flair enters at number three and stays and (laughs) wins the entire thing, which is a big deal. He was originally, I think, uh, or a lot of people wanted him to be number one backstage, but Vince McMahon decided to change it to number three. The number one entrant, by the way, in that Rumble, in case uh, you have not seen it, was the British Bulldog followed by Ted DiBiase. So your first three are the Bulldog, DiBiase, Ric Flair, and then it starts to thin out a little bit. You get Jerry Sags, Haku. For, for every Shawn Michaels and Roddy Piper and Undertaker who is in this rumble, you also have a barbarian, repo <laughs> man... And Erwin Art, well, Irwin R. art is pretty good. I will Colonel say, Mustafa. from a kid
2: perspective, from a kid perspective, it was like the most fun because it was so full of characters. So, like, I yeah. loved the Repo Man when I was a kid because he's sneaky and he's like doing stuff, and you're like, he's gonna do sneaky stuff. Yeah. Uh, so I was delighted, and that's why, like, I love Tito Santana because he was colorful and bright. He looked like an action figure. Like, I had a huge <laughs> yes. crush on him when I was like 11, and it was a great rumble. For that, from like, when you break it down from all the different layers and why it works for different reasons. For a kid, it was so great. For a British kid, to start with the British Bulldog as well well, was like a huge deal. Like, I was so excited. Obviously, we loved British Bulldog. We were very confused by his hair because no one in England had that hair (laughs) that we knew. (laughs) And he sounded like us. He had a good Northern accent. And he kept saying London was his hometown. And that's fundamentally untrue. Um, But apart from the lies and and the, the visual... Uh, dissonance it didn't make any sense Um, it was just so exciting it was so exciting to see all these like full on proper early 90s characters in a rumble
1: yeah and Mm. and stars really like the only non stars I'm just going to run through I'm looking through all the the warlord is one Skinner is another Virgil the Berserker, uh, Repo Man. I mean, Repo Man, Barry Darcel worked a ton. I don't even know if that's fair. That character was a star to off, me. Though.
2: He was a star because he was, like, so... I, to me, it's yeah. so weird, right? This is when wrestling gets really subjective and you're like, oh, my God, but I love that guy. And then you realize that no one else did. Yeah. <laughs> and you're yeah. like, wait, what? Is this how kids feel now? Is this how kids feel now? when they're like, but I fucking love that guy. You're like, oh, you'll never see him on your telly. Uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know? It's yeah. like... I, I think them and the Barbarian are really the only ones that weren't either a decent star or a big star. So that means you have 25 stars in a Royal Rumble or solid wrestlers or big names who were at some point had had a big run. And that's not easy to do. You also have the greatest commentary team of all time in Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby Heenan. It really doesn't get any better Mm -hmm. than that in my personal opinion. Rick, you have Hulk Hogan getting booed by that's the crowd crazy. in 1992.
2: I mean, that's pretty magical. Who doesn't enjoy and that? And snooker
1: they knew somehow. They knew.
2: <laughs> they always know. They <laughs> always know. The Simpsons, Family Guy, and wrestling fans—they always know.
1: Do you think rewatching this that it? I, I think there are recent. This past year's Rumble, I think, might be one of my top three of all time i don't think the 92 is in the top three for me personally do you think it deserves the place that it gets in among the all-time greats or is this a a rock hogan match where the star power overcomes everything else and the crowd react it really is the overall uh, the the overall image and and experience of the match is greater than than maybe the individual moments in it?
2: For me, it, it probably is, because it's so... It's In a subjective sense, it's so important to me, and I, I love it, and I love all the characters in it, and I, I love the whole card. I, love, I mean, it's not just the Rumble match. I think this is so much fun, but I was watching it back, yeah. and I'm like, oh, shit, this happened a week after the barbershop window? Like, holy shit, this is, like, yeah. such an intense time in wrestling. So to me, it was oh, it's such a big deal, and because the belt is on the line, it was such a huge significant thing and it was Ric Flair's real coronation as a big you know he'd only been at WWE for a matter of months so it was really the big identifying solidifying moment of him like and I like I know you love last year's men's rumble a ton and like I didn't love last year's men's rumble a ton so it's like for sure it's so subjective from to look at it from like an objective standpoint I totally I understand what you're saying that it, it may be not a sum of its parts the 92 um yeah. but i'm happy to see it up there in in top fives top threes because if only for the ending if only to see hogan get fucked uh and yeah. uh to to just because of the belt was involved that yeah. made such a big deal of it to me that's one of the reasons why it's so iconic uh yeah it's-
3: no i'm just gonna co-sign with with Lindsay. <clears throat> um it's it's a great match, but I, I enjoy almost every Royal Rumble. It just depends on, like, it really depends on sure. who um, on who wins and if that makes me want to cry big, salty, uh, grown woman tears. Um, but with this one, there were so many. They were, it, it is a classic because of who's in it, and it is a classic because Ric Flair gets the belt. It is a classic because afterwards he does that great promo. And it's supposed to be... A combination of all of those things, of the story being told in the ring, um, of people being white, white hot, or getting heat like Hogan did. Ha, <laughs> good job, 92. Um, so, and then, you know, characters and, and cutting promos and everything. So just because it is such an overall, I'd easily say it's like a top five, obviously, I think.
1: Here's another interesting, and I, I'm not saying I that I don't like it. I do like it a lot, and I... Most of the wrestlers of that match are wrestlers I grew up watching and, and loving and helped get me into, into wrestling. And it's also really cool, the historic nature of it. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit about the promo. We'll, but it's, it's notable that he spent an hour in the Rumble entering at number mm-hmm. three, which is yep. only the eighth most time anyone has ever spent in a Royal Rumble. But still. That's wild. Yeah like crazy in fact the next year his, that record was was broken by Bob Backlund who spent 61 minutes in the Royal Rumble and the, in the midst of his I'm insane run he's crazy
2: that's his thing that so he does so good he's crazy
1: so good i feel like the most notable thing about the that Royal Rumble is the promo afterwards when Ric Flair won that is the history making moment that is what we That is what we take away from more than anything. Here's a clip of that promo. I'm going to tell you all with a tear in my eye. This is the greatest moment in my life. When you walk around this world and you tell everybody you're number one, the only way you get to stay number one is to be number one. And this is the only title in the wrestling world that makes you number one. When you are the king of the WWF, you rule the world.
0: I'm sure that was like a big deal at the time, too, because he'd just gotten there and it was kind of just Vince's way of saying like, no, no, no. You need to really put over the company now of being like the best company in the world once we give you the title in this promo. yeah,
1: He brought over uh, very briefly, had the WCW title with him for a little for like a a hiccup, a hiccup (laughs) of a moment. But this is a big deal this is this is the face of n w a and it's its most famous champion of the eighties coming out and saying this belt is the most important belt. This belt is how you say you're number one and yes, that's the hyperbolic promo you would expect from any wrestler winning any championship if it if it had been the the continental championship that had <laughs> i think a really brief run in the early eighties. He would have said the same, he could have said the same thing, but this meant something because of who, who was saying it, mm-hmm. that this that this yeah. is the number one championship.
3: Yeah. Uh, the Continental Belt, I love that. That's where I get my bagels in the morning. Um, yes, it's so good. I have a question about that <laughs> promo because it is such an important promo and I hadn't realized this until I went back and watched it. At one point, Mean Gene says to someone something like, put out that cigarette or, like, don't smoke here. Uh For those of you who were watching at the time, was that like a, did they follow that up with a storyline thing of, like, somebody was, you know, doing something? Or was it just that during, even at the time, what you have to understand is a very important segment someone just starts to lighten up in the arena i have no memory of it being
2: followed through uh but we weren't necessarily watching weekly at that point because what we got in england was like behind and whatever um yeah but i just like the thought that mean gene was worried about everyone's health i like to think he was trying (laughs) to have a clean air workplace he's like this man just wrestled for an hour he's like cardio is important to him get that fucking cigarette out of here like i like to think that's what that was because that man like cared about his his co-workers so I choose I'm, to believe.
1: Yeah, I, I would guess that that's a, an extemporaneous mean gene moment. Like, somebody <laughs> yeah, put out like, that cigarette.
2: That, a cigarette. <laughs> yeah, like,
3: what a chump. What a, what, a, what a star. I think I've ruined that promo for people now because if you see it, if you watch <laughs> the full two minute clip, the cigarette's going to be the only thing I think about from now on. And I wish I didn't. My brain didn't work that way. But that's how my brain works.
1: Yeah. So where where do each of you rank this? I do think it's top 5 even if it's not in my top 3. I do think it's top 5. Where where does it rank for each of you?
2: I don't know if I have a ranking. I'm bad at this part. I'm this is where I become a girl and I'm like I, I don't I don't know. Like, I just like stuff. Uh, I really enjoy it. It's one of my favorites to Uh, rewatch. I hate to rank things because I am a Libra and lady and I can't make decisions for myself. Uh, So I'm bad at rankings. Um, That's not my my skill set. But I do. It is one of my absolute favorite ones to rewatch and enjoy.
1: I was going to rephrase it and say, would you say, is it possible this is your favorite Rumble of all time? So don't, you don't have to give me a number because that's weird. No, but also, I'm like... still
2: gonna like just not be able to make a decision because I'm like, yes, based on uh, b- based on nostalgia, I should have been a politician. It's pointed out to me regularly. I cannot answer a question yes or no. Uh, but I enjoy this rumble in in a great a great deal. Thank you. Next question.
1: <laughs> 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 Danielle.
3: <laughs> um, I I wouldn't say it's my favorite of all time. I would say yeah, it is definitely one of the most rewatchable. Mm-hmm. Um. Because everything in it is so, like, it's not tied to so much what's happening in the world, which can be good or bad or whatever, Um, but it is, like, you've got these big personalities and um, all of these really big figures, and so it ages like fine fucking wine. Um, and so I think just the fact that I would watch it again means it's one of, it, it's a really good one, but I don't know if I'd put it. I, I have to go back and rewatch a lot of Rumbles before I could figure out if I would put this one as like my favorite, um, which I might do doing the run up to the Rumble. I was thinking about going back and, and
2: watching so It's one thing. of my favorite things to do whenever I can. Like if I have that free time before a Rumble every year, I love to go back and watch the Rumble matches. Cause it's like, Rumble's like, the Royal Rumble's like pizza. There's no such thing as a bad Royal Rumble. You know, yep. it's like, even if it's not the greatest of all time, it's still super fun, so yeah. uh, yes. Let's all rewatch all of the Rumbles and
1: rejoice. The two thousand one is really fun because they had such a small roster that half of the people who were in the card were also in the Rumble. <laughs> like they just showed up later. <laughs> That's why you had like Road Dog just laying on the, and gripping the bottom rope for the whole time he was uh, out there.
2: Like yeah. Roar and SmackDown a couple of weeks ago, when everyone had to wrestle eighteen matches each because because of the COVID. So the Yeah. Like, like, just have everyone work a bunch. Let's just see mm-hmm. what happens. Fatigue. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's like Keith Lee. You may now go and have a sit down. You've wrestled yeah. eighteen
3: matches in the last two hours. Congratulations. You've picked up every man. Wait, hold on. There's one man you haven't picked up. So go pick up that man, and now you can go. <laughs> and
1: then you can go. Then you can rest. Finally, sweet, sweet rest. Folks, what do you think about the 1992 Royal Rumble? Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Discord via the links in our show notes, and let's talk about it. We'll be back after this with some things from the wrestling world that you should know about. This is Tyson Fights.
0: Strange planets, curious technology, and a fantastic vision of the distant future. Featuring Martin Starr So we're going on day 14, shuttle still hasn't come Aparna Nancherla The security system provides you with emotional security, you do the rest Echo Kellum Can you disconnect me or not? Hurry Kondabolu I'm staying From Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, Jeffrey McGiver. Could you play Cindy Lauper's girls just want to have fun? It's The Outer Reach, Stories from Beyond now available for free at MaximumFun.org or anywhere you listen. Fights Podcast. Bites.
1: Welcome back to Tights and Fights. I'm Hal Loveland and I'm joined today by...
3: Danielle Redford.
1: And...
2: Lindsay Kelk.
1: This week we want to end the show by sharing some of the joy of wrestling with you. This is the three count.
0: That was my bird call.
1: Very good. I
3: liked it. I liked <laughs> did it.
1: it. Danielle, what do you want to put over?
3: Uh, once again, I'm Danielle Radford, so I'm putting over tweets. Um...
0: I do we have to point up. out that my dog just ran in here thinking I was calling him. <laughs> Sorry. Continue. Good for him.
3: Good for him. No, uh, you shouldn't <laughs> say that. Ali has just been wrecking people on Twitter, and it has been the funniest thing. Um, he is the new king of this you, because every time someone has something stank to say about him, he goes back in their timeline and finds the dumbest, horniest thing he can find and just repeats back with a this you. Um, and it got to the point where he actually had, like, he tweeted something along the lines of hey, uh, don't troll me. If you're going to troll me, get rid of all of your horny tweets first. Because um, he's going in and he's finding them. And that has been uh, such a joy for me. I'm going to see if I can find... I thought that I had... Yeah, it's a PSA. Please delete your horny tweets before coming after me. And it w- it happens right before uh, a dude... Who cares what his name is? is like, <laughs> you gave them... Names and masks to make them feel like you. Clearly, that's a punishment. It's the that's the comment and discrimination and And so he's talking. And he had previously tweeted, "Oh, I'm not going to say this." Yeah, it's a really either.
2: ugly photo, a really unpleasant, misogynistic, hateful photo of Bailey and Bianca, right?
3: Yep. yep. Uh, and Mustafa Ali just commented with, "This you, Anthony," and I thought that was great. And so, uh, yeah, don't come after him if you still ha- if you are horny on Maine or disgusting on Maine uh, because Ali will like feed on you and it only makes him stronger
1: feminist <laughs>
2: hero feminist hero Mustafa yeah. Ali
1: <laughs> get bodied Mustafa oh, so Lindsay.
2: Um so I also want to put over a tweet but since we've been talking about Ric Flair I, I, I want to share a special story also, but I will do the tweet first because I think it's really important. Um, and it's from my beloved Rhea Ripley. Do we have a list of how many times I've put over Rhea Ripley? Because I'm starting to think it's like an embarrassing number. Um, but she Sorry, tweeted... Your special
1: <laughs> is a collection of you excellent. putting over Rhea Ripley.
2: <laughs> she um, tweeted a couple of days ago uh, that she'd been getting comments about her haircut and muscles uh, and how society has become. I'm going to read it because she says it better than I will. So she said, I find it quite humorous the many comments I'm getting on my haircut and I find it quite humorous many comments I'm getting on my haircut slash muscles society has become so judgmental when I see this picture and my evolution throughout the years I see strength behind the photo life's tough and we all grow in different ways and then it's accompanied with a photo of sort of like the evolution of Rhea Ripley from her starting out to how she looks today Uh, and obviously you know people on the internet as Mustafa Ali has pointed out has too much time on their hands and opinions that they might want to keep to themselves uh so rhea has been getting some shitty comments about how she looks versus how people who do not know her and have nothing to do with her life think that she should look um and that is a really hard thing to deal with for anyone and it made me so so happy that she was able to put it back out there as like, this has nothing to do with you. I'm really proud of myself. And I see these photos and I see strength because it would be so easy to internalize all that stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. And we think we forget that people are humans and that we forget that every arrow strikes whether or not you thought it would. Um, so I really wanted to applaud her for a, like saying it publicly and putting these people, I mean, I'm down for her to go full Ali and start calling these people out. Like let's go for some Rhea Ripley's this you. I love that. I love Rhea. Short version of this story, because it's just fun, I think. Uh, So when I went to WrestleMania in Texas a couple of years ago, we were doing these big interviews with everyone. Uh, We did a bunch of one-on-ones, and then they took us into the Reunion Tower restaurant, which is like a big revolving restaurant. That was exciting already for me. I like to eat while I revolve. Um, And then they brought out a bunch of people for big round table interviews that were too big for you to get one-on-one. So we got like Cena and Roman Reigns and Stephanie and Erica, uh, who got very angry that there weren't enough questions for him. But it, we were at the international table. So like four people at the table spoke English and he was just getting so mad. But then they bring uh-huh. out Charlotte and Charlotte has the Divas Championship because this was right before they changed it to the Women's Championship. And Charlotte is accompanied by her dad. So Ric Flair comes out. I'm super excited because I'm like, oh, oh my god he's been like such a fave of mine for so many years we get to sit and talk to Ric Flair and Charlotte is sat doing her expert media job like she's such a great talker um she's so good at talking to press and talking to people she's her training is as you can imagine superlative and Rick's just kind of getting redder and redder and redder at the side of her And everyone's kind of like looking at Charlotte and asking her questions. They're like, we've heard they're going to change the belt. And she's like, oh, I don't know anything about that. I'm a divas champion. That's all I care about. Lies, lies, lies. But Rick is just getting redder and redder and redder in the face. And eventually he sort of like taps Charlotte on the arm and he's like, I'll be back. So she's like, what? What? Where are you going? Um, And Rick has to get up and excuse himself to use the restroom (laughs) where Rick stays for about 20 minutes. And eventually like, they had to send all these PR people to go in and find him. 20 minutes later, Rick comes out very flushed, somewhat moist, let's say, sits down at the table. He's like, that's better. Now, where were we? And he was like, it's, it's over. This is all over, Rick. This is done. I mean, what a treat for the international media, for the international wrestling media to sit at a table while Rick Flair went to drop a deuce uh, and then came back ready to roll, uh, and then was removed by the PR. But it was such a beautiful oh. moment that I, I f- had with a hero of mine, you know? Keep it forever.
1: With a bug in my stomach.
2: <laughs> Just redder and redder and redder. And it was well like, like is he okay? People thought he was Woof. having a heart attack. That was not what he was having. Uh, Woof. But glad to see no, he's
1: doing
3: well. Hope he's getting and- lots of fiber in his diet.
1: They had to move uh, well, the bathroom I, after that.
3: I imagine him just, like, standing in line and waiting. <laughs> and you know I, what I mean? Like, yeah, it's he like... He hasn't I, even gotten to you. It took
2: 20 minutes because there was a lot of people waiting. <laughs> like, <laughs> who knows? Who knows? But dear God, I, whatever he ate that night, like, the night before, don't go to that restaurant, Dallas. Stay away. It was meat heavy. I'm telling you that. I'm telling you that now. It was barbecue for sure. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, I'm going to put over a moment that I loved from AEW. Now, could I have put over MJF, say that somebody's breath smelled like a rat orgy in a running microwave? Yes, I certainly could have. And I sort of just did. But the better moment has been the ongoing saga of the Dark Order trying to get Adam Page to join them. Mm. And when they finally ask him for his answer... And he, says, and he says I can't they were so sure he was going to say yes that immediately while he's saying that the banners drop and confetti cannons go off and they start the celebration music and the comedic timing of that moment is so perfect from a production standpoint to how it was played by everybody to the Dark Order having to usher all the dancers and celebratory people away because it didn't happen is such a great moment and here is a clip of that Now, the moment we've all been waiting for, Adam.
0: Will. You. Join. The. Dark. Order. I can't. I I can't. To gone
3: according to plan for this yeah, I like the sillies. I like when any wrestling yeah. company allows themselves to, to have a little bit of silliness and it works like that.
1: Yeah, well done comedy is is always a joy to behold. That does it for this episode of Tights and Fights. This week your hosts were Daniel Radford and Lindsay Kellogg along with me, Hal Lublin, who you can catch in a live streaming performance of Welcome to Night Vale's The Investigators. That is going to be on February 11th at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Check out Twitter or go to Night Vale Presents. Uh, uh, NV Presents on Twitter has the skinny. You can get your tickets. It's uh, going to be really fun. That was a really fun live show to tour. And now if you didn't get to see it the first time, you get to see it. And if you did see it the first time, you get to see it in a brand new way. So check that out. Danielle what you got
3: same old same old um find me and Danielle Radford on Twitter um watch them on the trailers because I help write them um and I will let you guys know if I'm doing anything cool but yeah just like keep following me on Twitter and stuff uh oh and follow me on Instagram I need more followers Danielle underscore Radford I never post but if you like the idea of seeing part of my face uh once once every week or two it's the Insta for you buddy (laughs)
1: Lizzie.
3: I'm also going to put over Danielle's Instagram because it's a great face. It's
2: it's a great face and you can't see (laughs) it it right now. So what you could do is follow her and then while you're listening to this, look at the Instagram and then you can see her, and then all your dreams have come true. Um, Other than that, books, for sure. I Mm -hmm. write them. Uh, I have to go finish one right now, which is why it's a good job you can't see my face. Uh, and also full coverage podcasts because uh, we've been putting <laughs> up some really fun interviews lately. I next week's episode will be interviewing Jenna Lyons, who used to be head of design at J Crew and is like Ooh. a legit famous person. And I'm a little bit anxious. I'm a little bit anxious, but it's oh, going to be, be exciting. Great. Yeah, it's going to be fun. She's making eyelashes now, you guys. What? Um, so yeah, full coverage books. Danielle's
1: Instagram. Oh, good Lord. (laughs) Uh, uh, Hold All right. Our producer, Julian Burrell, has Mike Eagle on his chest. And I want to really quickly put over his Bernie Sanders freestyle that he did, which is a work of genius and available on his Twitter. Uh, We'll we'll link to that as well, because you got to see it. Senior producer at Maximum Fun is Laura Swisher. Mike Eagle is the voice behind our theme music. So we're putting him over for that. Keep up with us all week long on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Links to all of those are in our show notes. And if you love what we do remember to hit those five stars on Apple Podcasts and share us with all your friends. Thank you so much to the Max Fund members who make this show possible. Buy our t-shirt. Well, How many times do we have to tell you? <laughs> the time is now.
2: Such a good t-shirt.
1: It's a great t-shirt. We'll be back next week for more, you guessed it, wrestling.
0: and Bites Podcast. Tyson Bites laptop just doesn't i even got like the wi-fi extender for in here and it works for everything else except for that
3: that's crazy mm. can you hardwire in with your extender
0: uh yeah i just need to unplug it so maybe i'll try that next and see if that'll work <laughs> if,
1: not, if just... you get a if you get a long cat 6 cable mm-hmm. cat 6 you won't lose any it, like if it has to be really long it's not gonna it's not gonna mess with the speed and they're cheap.
3: Yeah, don't pay a hundred yeah, dollars for a gold-plated one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Unless that's your just jam. Just get one and
3: of
0: the slim ones off of Amazon. I don't know. It smells like poor every time I use anything else. i no, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Julian's saving up to buy one of those Lady Gaga giant gold birds. Like that's that's his next purchase.
0: <laughs> just a, I'm gonna tile my whole bathroom with them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>